Good morning, folks. Today we are speaking with City Manager Rory Watt. Good morning. Good morning, Kevin. Happy sunny Friday. Absolutely. How uh, was the drive? Uh, it's lovely. Beautiful, most beautiful capital in, uh, in North America, if not the world. I hope the cruise passengers are hearing that. Oh, yeah, you know, downtown has been hopping. Uh, Lots of people out walking around. uh, You know, it feels feels like two years ago, three years ago. It is pretty compared to that. Yeah, Yeah. whenever it was, we used to do this. (laughs) Whenever we had one million cruise passengers. So let's start with the budget approved by the legislature this week. A line item coming to focus is the school bond debt reimbursement funding. Now, I understand this is for construction bonds from 2014, school construction bonds. So it's all of our old bonds. Uh, So the way it works is when we've approved uh, bond projects for our schools, uh, there's a state reimbursement program subject to annual appropriation by the legislature. Uh, And starting uh, when Governor Walker was in office, he started vetoing some of that amount. uh, And the amount that we would get from uh, the legislature's action if Governor Dunleavy signs the bill uh, would be $16 million uh, that we should have gotten over the last years. And you guys are still owed two more, if I'm not mistaken, right? You know, more rounds? Oh, oh, two more years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we have old debt that's uh, that that uh, we're still paying off. Uh, that um, you know we haven't started any new school projects because they put a sunset on that, and it's a, it's a big problem. Our schools are getting older. Um, you know we need to renovate those schools. It's kind of like you you can't you can't let buildings just go backwards. Uh, and expect uh, them to be, uh, you know, good for the public. But uh, this $16 million, uh, we hope the governor signs it, uh, and that's a big deal for the municipal budget. And that comes to the tune of about $8 million in surplus if, uh, if that is approved. That, yeah, so, so uh, awkward budget year for, I think, everybody, um, you know, because trying to predict revenues, trying to predict, predict inflation, uh, we're fortunate that we've got a relatively uh, big uh, fund balance or savings account. Uh, so the budget that the assembly uh, is working on um, is, you know, we're doing a, a deficit budget with a substantial amount out of savings. And so if we get this $16 million from uh, the state, uh, it would be essentially an $8 million surplus on the budget. And if we don't, it would be an $8 million deficit. Uh, so it, it's a big number. And I imagine this puts the City Hall project in limbo. I, I saw that was still pending on the budget. Uh, no, I don't think it's, it's it's just we're working through the public process. So what we did in February, well, on the document, it's listed as pended. Oh, Depending oh, oh, I mean. oh, it, it, it is. So so let me just talk through that. So uh, we started allocating some of our savings in February to uh, priority projects. Uh, and I had recommended uh, 6.3 million for the city hall project because we're either going to have to renovate a very old building um, difficult building, or you know, we're going to have to move forward on the new project one way or the other. Uh, the assembly paused that appropriation because they wanted to see what happened with the budget, uh, and they also wanted to better understand kind of structurally where we are uh, budget-wise, revenues to expenditures. And so, they're waiting for the state or city budget? No, they were they were waiting for the city budget, and they're waiting for the decisions on what uh, we put on the ballot for this fall on 1% sales tax funding. 
so, you know, I think very much in play, uh, but a lot of contenders for that funding. Gotcha. And I understand as the budget currently is, the mill rate will be staying at 10.56. If I'm not mistaken, it's uh, that was in lieu of the pandemic was lowering it by that 10th. Right. Lots of motivation. So so last year, the assembly adopted a budget with 10.56. I'd recommended a modest increase to 10.66. And the way it works is the assembly has to pass a budget by June 15th. And if they don't, then the manager's budget becomes uh, the budget. And so in committee on Wednesday night, uh, they lowered my recommendation from 10.66 back to 10.56. What that means for... A uh, property owner that has a, let's say, a four hundred fifty thousand dollar house. That's probably fifty dollars of property taxes a year. And I think what the assembly essentially felt, uh, as they articulated on Wednesday, is uh, inflation is hard uh, on people. Pandemic has been disruptive, and you know they don't. Nobody wants to put any more tax burden than necessary on the public. And you know it's always tricky. You have to balance that with all the services that the public. Uh, likes and wants and a little bit on the vein i had noticed that the total taxable assessed valuations went up 6.2 percent what's what's driving that Uh, a large uh, a large portion of that is home values um so the you know we we're always looking at the the aggregate valuation in the borough um Last year, we increased commercial values quite a bit because we had uh, enough data indicating that commercial land was uh, underassessed. Um, over over the uh, calendar 21 year, we got a lot of data about home values, uh, homes selling very, very quickly. So, so the aggregate value, I think, driven by um, just sales prices. People are buying things and they're willing to pay more money. And we, we had saw the results at that Wednesday meeting from the uh, budget tool that uh, residents got to have a whack at. That was balancing the budget. Ba- the, the balancing act tool. So The yes, balancing we, act. Right. We had the online tool where you could, you could play, you know, assembly member or city manager and propose your own balances. Mm. And lowering property tax was a go for a lot of those looking to balance the budget. What was your reaction to the results of that simulation? Well, you know, we're always trying to figure out how to engage the public. Uh, and, and as we shift over time, you know, in the in the 90s, you know, you came down and you testified in the assembly chambers. And, you know, that's not really what people do anymore. They like, they like to be able to reach out to us electronically. They like to zoom in and see what's happening when they're interested in a meeting. So we uh, use this software called Balancing Act. And, you know, we gave it out and let people, you know, propose changes. And um, it's, it's interesting because, you know, the, the, the net, I think, is, you know, people preferred an increase in what I'll call sin taxes, alcohol, tobacco, marijuana. Uh, they like the reduced property taxes. Um, you know, it's, they, they like the go get federal and state money. You know, it's if you if you want to be a little cynical, you can sum it up in, uh, you know, in phrases like get somebody else to pay for it. Um, 
but you know, I think it's just a, it's just one of those things that we're going to continue to adapt and you know try and get people engaged and and give us their opinion so we can make the best decisions for the community. And one suggestion was to cut each department's budget by two point one percent. I. I take it that'd be a hard undertaking since all of the departments reported to you in the finance committee that costs have increased. It is hard. So, the you know, it, it's easy to say uh, do an across-the-board cut. Um, and, you, and we could do that. We just would do less, and we would do fewer things, and we would do less maintenance of, you know, buildings and less snow plowing and less road repair and less hours of the swimming pool. We would just do less. And people don't like that. So conceptually, everybody loves the idea of paying less. Um, but it's very difficult to uh, decide on exactly what to do less of. And when you look at the municipal budget, you know, you start to go down the list. Like, anybody want to fund schools less? No, nobody really wants to fund schools less. Does anybody want less police service? Or does anybody want and less? And the school and police come on to the right. finance committee and they say, we need this. Yeah, well, they're, they're people-driven programs, right? I mean, they're, they're, they're fundamentally, uh, you know, the costs of the police and the fire department are about how many people do we have available uh, when we get public service calls. And nobody's very warm to that. And then you talk about, you know, our rec programs. Do you want to cut back on swimming pool hours or, you know, make people pay more for ski area passes or cut back on the rink or not maintain our parks and trails and let our landscaping go? Mm -hmm. People don't like that. It's hard. Mm -hmm. And so the assembly has handed you a decision list for the proposed budget. It's got about 2.8 million in requests what's your feeling that most of the items on that list will be funded so they've 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 agreed to fund almost everything on the decision list mm -hmm. so what the the actions that they took on wednesday night they forwarded out um they made they made their decision on uh extra ads um they made a decision to forward the capital budget the cip uh on out to the assembly and they also forwarded out the operating budget. So all of those will get their final public hearing on June 13th. Um, it, is, it is unlikely that the budget will change much from here, if at all. Traditionally, uh, the assembly does uh, more than 95% of its work in the finance committee, uh, and the final assembly meeting is a bit of a formality. Not to say they couldn't change something, but less, less likely uh, that they'll do that. But would it need to be addressed if there's that 16 million the city can't or won't get, or if the city doesn't get that 16 million in bond reimbursement? Um, no, because we, you know one of two things is going to happen. We're going to either drain to savings or add to savings, mm -hmm. and then where we go from there, it's you know it's either okay we we drew more on savings and now we're going to have to have a reckoning to reconcile our expenditures and our revenues. We're either going to have to cut services or increase taxes, or uh, we got that money and we've added to savings, in which case we still have to address long-term, you know, do our revenues match our expenditures? And, you know, due to uh, inflation across the board, you know, all our costs are accelerating faster than our revenues. So you mentioned earlier that the aggregate property values have gone up. That's true, um, but we're still losing ground to 
cost of employees, cost of fuel, cost of commodities. Uh, inflation is taking a big bite out of the value of everything right now. And even with what we saw with the Teal Street Center, with the um, approved additional funding after what they've had right. to go through. Right. The Teal Street Center is like a good example. It's a great idea. Everybody supported it. Everybody contributed funding. And then the reality of construction costs and commodity costs came in and they needed a lot more money. Still a great idea, um, just a lot more expensive. We'll have more to speak with the manager after the break. Stay tuned. And we're back with city manager Rory Watt. We're continuing discussions around the city's finances. We wanted to know what ideas are being formulated to make up this lost revenue if the city does exempt sales tax on food. We've heard seasonal sales tax. We've heard an increase to year-round sales tax, a rebate, as well as utilizing maybe property taxes to make all that up. What are you hearing? Yeah, they're all in play. So the the Assembly has been working on this uh, really all of this year in committee, uh, and they haven't coalesced around uh, one particular uh, idea, but so let's let's uh, big picture. Uh, sales tax on food we think generates something on the order of six seven million dollars a year, and the assembly believes uh, that it would be a better tax policy not to tax food because taxing food is regressive and uh, lower income people shoulder more of the tax burden than is appropriate. Uh, so they, they like the idea of removing the sales tax on food, but then it becomes a problem of how do you pay for it. So the options on the table right now, uh, one of them was or, or is increase the sales tax in the summer to 6%. So for six months, we'd have 6%. and six months, we'd have 5%. And the current uh, rate is 5%. Current right? rate is 5%. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of pushback from the business community of, you know, maybe that's not a good idea because merchants have to, you know, more of a administrative burden to change the tax rates. And, uh, oh, by the way, in the summer, Juno residents spend more money. So you're going to be increasing, uh, you know, the cost of, you know, buying paint when they're fixing their house or doing home projects or doing gardening. The non-food expenses. The non-food expenses. Uh, you know, balanced with, well, maybe the tourists pay a little bit more sales tax. So, so that's the seasonal sales tax idea. There's a second idea that would increase sales tax year-round to 5.5%. Um, and so the, you know, the merits of that is it's a little less complicated and it's stable. Um, so that, that's definitely in play. There's an idea of uh, giving a rebate uh, so a needs-based rebate um, that would be calculated, um, you know, on the amount that people spend on food, and that would be available to lower-income uh, individuals and families. Uh, and then there's a fourth idea of just simply raising uh, property tax um, to fill that gulf. The assembly will be talking about all of those ideas at the June 1st Finance Committee meeting. Uh, I'm not sure there's a leading contender at this point. Uh, I think the assembly does like the idea, uh, pretty pretty uniformly removing sales tax on food, but the how question is always tricky. And you you got to find the revenue because as we found as we talked about in the last uh, last part of the program, we were talking about how some of these expenses could be paid for by savings, right? In the in the in the budget, the shortfall. Yeah. But if we're if we're talking about a sales tax 
this is something that's going to keep going. So if, if we want to keep going paying savings, I, I imagine that's not a route that's very yeah, that's sustainable. Right. right. So if we take sales tax off food, that's an enduring budget change that you've got to deal with year in, year out. So you have to have an enduring solution. Um, in order to raise sales tax, it requires uh, a vote of the public. So if we increase a seasonal sales tax or we increase year round, the public must vote on that. The assembly does not have the authority to do that on their own. Uh, the assembly does have the authority to uh, raise property tax on their own, um, but they're, you know, raising property taxes is something that always makes everybody uncomfortable. Um, you know, there, there are halfway measures uh, where, you know, people have suggested you could have an advisory vote and find out what the public thinks. Um, you know, and that may or may not be a, a good idea. So a comp- complicated issue, but uh, the general thought is, you know, on the timeline is uh, get organized and figure out what the assembly's preferred approach is so that it can go on the fall ballot. And that needs to wrap up by August, right? It needs to wrap up by August. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we would have to introduce a, an ordinance in July and, and hear it by, I think, August 1st. Okay. Um, and then that gives the time for the clerks to uh, print the ballots and mail them out to everybody and do the voter information guide and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So... I wanted to switch gears from the budget here and talk about other pending matters, including this idea of a green cruise corridor. I understand it's an effort to reduce carbon emissions and and would put and would have a commitment between ports and cruise lines towards yeah. towards that goal. How does this line up with the assembly's goals on sustainability? It seems like it would line up. It's a good fit. So, so uh, we've been, you know, we hired our tourism manager Alex Pierce several, I guess, probably six months ago, um, and we've been doing a lot of work around the region, uh, including Seattle and Vancouver. Uh, Port of Seattle is very interested in this green uh, corridor, green cruise ship corridor uh, concept. Um, we told them immediately that we would participate. Um, so they've been working the idea, and we had a, a press conference the other day, uh, and the major cruise lines have signed on. They recognize that they're, you know, the world's changing, and they're going to have to look at different fuel sources and sustainability. Uh, this is a you know, 40 or 50-year problem or a 30-year problem. Um, we're not going to be the ones selecting fuel choices for cruise ships but you know our local efforts are going to complement whatever comes out of this and and so that that's still it's still pending though i mean you said the folks have signed on but is there anything that still needs to be done like is there any assembly action so no assembly action is no required. Assembly. so we as the city manager i signed on as a first mover is what we're calling ourselves and we've committed to exploring uh, the the idea, and we've committed to forming a working group. So the you know the president of the Holland America Group has signed on, and the the CEO of the Cruise Line International Association has signed on, and uh, the Port of Seattle has signed on. I forget who else has signed on, but it you know everybody is coalescing around a cooperative uh, approach on this idea. Very good, and a. Pell study is being conducted for a second Douglas Crossing. It sounds like this is still in its early stages. What's your gauge on the need for this crossing? 
on on the need on the need well it's a, so i think it's a growth issue for us so you know we've you know current need today um, you know we've got some traffic congestion at the at the bridge uh, but this is this is a community growth um, opening up land opening up more housing uh, opportunities accessing the backside of Douglas this is this is a long-term project for us so this has been an idea uh, that we've had on the books for a long time nobody expects us to you know move overnight uh, any uh, selected option is going to take a lot of federal money um, you know, on the order of $100 million or more. Um, it's going to take a sustained effort by uh, the city and DOT to do the planning process. There'll be a lot of community engagement, um, complicated deal. So er early, early on this project. And I understand right now there's just two options with uh, a bridge next to the current one and then another going around through the valley. It are those the two options that have been explored so far oh, in, the, in the project's the, past? There, many, pro, many options have been explored. So, you know, if you took an aerial photograph and you got out your magic marker and you drew a line from anywhere on the mainland to anywhere on Douglas, somebody has suggested it. And because uh, federal funding uh, is going to be necessary to do this, we're going to have to look at the full range of options uh, and exhaustively analyze um, all those ideas and the impacts of all those ideas. Okay. Uh, we were curious because this Ironman competition's coming up, bringing a lot of folks to the city. Is there any preparations the city has made towards that event? Uh, there's been a lot of preparations. So Travel Juno has been spearheading the, uh, let's call it the event management, um, helping Ironman. Uh, figure out how and where and when to stage and road closures. So it's a work group that includes the city and police department and the fire department and DOT and Parks and Recreation, Travel Juno. Uh, it'll be a big deal. It'll be, um, it, it'll bring a lot of uh, economic activity to town. Uh, it will be chaotic. It will be frustrating to some people. Um, it'll be exciting. It'll be different. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see a bunch of uh, endurance athletes come to town, a different uh, type of tourism. Uh, you know, when we talk about independent travelers, I mean, that's what this is. Um, you know, you're going to have a lot of pressure on our housing stock. A lot of people are figuring out how to rent their houses on Airbnb or their cars on Turo. Uh, you imagine the hotels are probably uh, filled. You know, I think we're going to get a lot of interesting marketing about it as well. A lot of people will come to Juno and they're going to say, hey, that was a beautiful place that I went. Uh, hey, that was an Ironman community. <laughs> that's right. So is there anything you imagine that needs to be done to ease some of that pressure or that is being done? Oh, well, a lot of communication. Mm -hmm. I, I think nobody really... Um, would enjoy being surprised about, you know, kind of the road closures or the congestion that's going to happen from that uh, event. So, so I think, you know, as we get closer, there's going to be a lot of communication about exactly what it means, uh, you know, to the ordinary Juno public and, you know, how they might want to adapt their ways on the day of the event. So it sounds mainly logistically. Yeah, a lot of logistics. A lot of logistics. I forget exactly how many athletes are going to be, but um, you know, I think it's something like fifteen hundred or eighteen hundred athletes, and 
you know, the same number of bikes and, you know, all their gear. And you've got to get all these people from where they're staying to where the event starts. And, you know, they're going to have your transition locations where you switch from your wetsuit to your bicycle and you switch from your bicycle to your running clothes. It's going to be kind of a wild time. Uh, do you plan to be out there? Uh, I plan to see some of it. Uh, I think my my days of running marathons and doing endurance events are probably behind me. Was there anything you'd like to add before we close? Uh, The only thing I would add is we've got to call out to the public if they want to propose projects for consideration for the 1% sales tax. Uh, Email the manager's office or the assembly, and the assembly's going to take that up in the month of June. And I hope everybody enjoys what I hope is the true start of summer. Well, we'll have to check the calendar whether or not summer has actually started yet, though. Hey, sunny and 60 degrees works for me. Fair enough. Okay. Well, well, thank you, Rory. Thank you, Kevin. Good to be here. That's the program. Thank you for tuning in this, uh, this May 20th. This is Kevin Allen for Action Line signing off. I'll see you next time.